Welcome to the Right Brain Music Podcast, presented by Right Brain Records. I'm Scott, and I thank you for joining us. In this episode, we explore the phenomenon of synesthesia, and specifically one project that crossed the artificial divide between music and visual art. We'll meet a terrific and relatively unknown visual artist. We'll also re-meet the musical ensemble Spontania, along with a very special guest. The project is the new Spontania album Chroma Sonic, just released on Right Brain Records. Way back in episode two, we met this Seattle free improvisation quartet that uses a crazy wide palette of sounds. The members are Kenny Mandel, who plays saxophones, flute, and percussion. Matt Benham, who plays electric guitar and is a master of special effects. Carol J. Levin, who plays electric harp and percussion. You met Carol in a recent episode featuring the trio Cha. And myself, I play bass on this album and mandola, which is like a mandolin, but way more expressive. The special guest, by the way, is renowned Colorado-based cellist James Hoskins, who joined Spontania for this project. Here's the backstory. Back in the fall of 2019, when we were discussing the idea of a rendezvous with James to do a recording session, I happened to see a museum exhibit featuring small works of art. It was a treasure trove of all sorts of surprising things from dozens of creators. One artist in particular got my attention. Her name is Ellie Polk, and she has what I would call a surrealist abstract style. She uses color in a dramatic, otherworldly way that, to me, looked like improvised music. Her work was so original that I had to track her down. Soon after, I was able to meet Ellie. We got to talking, and it turned out that the reverse was also true. She perceives her visual art as very musical. I got the idea to use a bunch of her paintings and drawings as inspiration for a set of recordings by Spontania, with James making us a quintet. She was only too happy to sign on, and that's what we did. The theme of the session was synesthesia, which is a blending of the senses that many people experience to varying degrees. Synesthesia defies categories that our culture likes to assign. It's not usually acknowledged as a thing. Neither is improvised music, so perfect match. In February of 2020, we gathered in a recording studio with seven of Ellie's pieces before us. Here's how it worked. Before each song, we unveiled one of Ellie Polk's paintings or drawings on a screen in the center of the room. With no instructions or discussion, our engineer hit record, and away we went, interpreting each piece musically. Keep in mind that we had all met James just once before. It was as pure a right-brain experience as you could design. Here, we'll listen to some sound clips and thoughts of the folks involved. Let's start with Ellie. Thank you. 
my art training was classical academy. I copied and had to copy very formally the classic French artists like Courbet and landscape work. Um, I was never interested in portraiture. And I did it dutifully, and I did it dutifully when I was in high school. I went to a public high school in New York, then called the High School of Music and Art. I always was drawn to color, but I was never comfortable with formal art. On the other hand, when I would go to the museums and galleries every weekend, I also did not like the abstract expressionists, these huge splotches of just black and white, like Franz Klein or whatever. So there was an integration in my mind, somehow, of formal shapes or compositions, but not with something that was clearly representational in terms of what you see when you look out at the world. And I think I just didn't trust that for a long, long time. And eventually, for any number of reasons, I started back into doing oil paints for a while, and I still do oil painting. But doing abstract work because that's how I see the world. And by that, I mean I'll go to, they're not drawing classes, they're just where you would have a model and anybody can show up and they just work and you're just drawing or painting. And it usually surprises people when everybody walks around and sees how has somebody painted that person to see that I've drawn something that doesn't seem to resemble the person, but to me it does because I'm extrapolating from how I experience what I'm seeing in the world, which is color and form. And so if you were looking at it, and other artists I know who know and understand abstract or non-representational art, will look at it and they'll see where that connection is. And so I see things that others might not necessarily see in terms of color or form. For me, the way that integrates with the rest of the world and music and how I work is that I don't separate out the senses. So it's not like hearing is one sense and seeing is another. Hearing, seeing, feeling, I feel colors, certain things will. When I'm painting, I can sometimes paint when it gets dark and I can feel that a color feels right because it feels orange. But sort of in the way that I would say it's almost like a dreamlike state, that you see something, but you're experiencing it differently. It translates into a more multifaceted interpretation. And I would assume it's the same, actually, I would think, for musicians.
sure a lot of people remember in Fantasia, the kids' movie from Disney, there were all these scenes where the music takes the form of action and color, and the music is at least as important as anything else. I mean, it's clearly not secondary. It, it drives the visuals. And I can remember seeing it as a kid, and then seeing when I got older, you know, teenager and whatever, and thinking, well, this is what the world is about. How come nobody else is seeing it? And I never said anything to anybody because I was experiencing music visually. And it was really clear to me that that was really pretty weird and not okay. And even though I never tried to fit into a box in my life, it nevertheless seemed that it was kind of out there. And I can remember when I first learned about synesthesia, and I remember telling my mother, because all the time that I had ever known about it, I thought if I told anybody, they're going to think I'm crazy. And I remember how liberating it was to say to my mother that there was an experience I had visually that there was a name for. I was so excited when you approached me about using my work as a springboard for the creation of your music and to then create an album which so completely integrated both of them. got to grab them within the first few seconds and I think to be able to respond to something that integrates more than one creative form requires people to slow down to appreciate that and I think that's going to take recognition on larger levels you have to have it be cerebral and emotional 
people are often thinking, this is how I am supposed to respond in my own head. They don't trust their emotional experience. Cellist James Hoskins had a big impact on this music. I believe that being open to who in, in the room with you, who they are, and not projecting anything on them, and in fact not being in that part of your mind that projects anything, is one of the best things to elicit fruitful interaction. A translation from one sense to another. In this case, I call it translation of resonance. Saw something visual, and then it inspired us to make sounds, and then the sounds we were making inspired the other people to make sounds, and it sort of cascades into a piece that's all related by this translation of resonance. at it, gaze at the image, and then see patterns or curves or threads or colors or emotional input from that, and then make gestures that spontaneously came out, and then sort of iterate it, I guess I would say, you know, did that feel right? This feels good. I'm going to go there. I'm going to go on with that. Continue with this motif. Um, oh, look what and listen what this other person has just added and how that relates and then relate that back to the, the picture and to what I'm playing and it sort of spins it together. James is unusually sensitive musician in terms of his listening skills are extraordinary and people could play together for years and not listen as well as he did that day just walking in. His vocabulary, his musical vocabulary, to me, is so clear. That's why I hooked right into it. That was Kenny Mandel of Spontania. I've and then been reading about dream states and the relationship to the unconscious mind I think that, for me, music is a place where if you let go of some of those things I was talking about, you know, preordained or premeditated or pre-anything, and just be there right in that moment, then some amazing things can happen. 
and I think you cannot really be spontaneous without letting go of that analytical mind. J. Levin is a rare electric harpist, adding tones and textures almost never heard in improvised music. I would look at the wonderful image and try to imagine the arc of music that would complement or reflect on it. It was such a gift to add James to the mix. He, he provided depth and resonance in a different way. It was almost like adding chocolate cake to a delicious dinner. Talk about synesthesia. Matt Benham is a guitar effects wizard in full form throughout this album. When I look at the paintings, I go to the sort of first thing that I can kind of equate musically, which would be sort of shapes and lines. And if there were, for instance, a bunch of jagged lines, I might try to play a bunch of jagged sounding um, melodies, or if there's opposite smudges of color, I might try to have more, um, uh, like less attack, more impressionistic kind of chords that are contrasted with like pointillistic little notes here and there or echoes or something like that. So I think that's kind of the first thing that I look for is, is either um, shape, lines, just colors in general that might evoke certain moods. I really try to like combine my tools in, in a way that will hopefully net some sort of unique texture so that I'm making a unique impression on a song and serving the song as best I can.
One of the things that strikes me from this conversation is how differently people can experience the same slice of reality, and how no one interpretation is objectively right or wrong. I asked Ellie about her thoughts on the potential future for cross-sensory art. 
ideally to me, you know, instead of when you go to a concert hall and you're hearing the orchestra, I suspect that sometimes people think, well, if we had anything visual, it would take away from the music. Well, I think that's part of the problem, that people think one thing removes from the other as opposed to enhances it. So for you to do a concert where you're using visuals, to me, strengthens it profoundly. I would love to see my work in a gallery where your music was playing, because to me, that's synergistic. Listening to visual artist Ellie Polk, the members of Spontania, and their new album, a collaborative project called Chromasonic. The album is available on Right Brain Records. You can learn more about this project, view a gallery of the artwork behind the musical interpretations, and find links to Ellie, Spontania, and James Hoskins at rightbrainrecords.com. I'll close with a question for you. What colors do you hear?
You've been listening to the Right Brain Music Podcast, presented by Right Brain Records. You can visit us at rightbrainrecords.com. Farewell for now. Join us next time.